0: Hey ladies, welcome to the Love Your Journey podcast. My name is Roseanne Austin. I am a coach and mentor to professional women all over the world who are struggling with fertility. I help them move beyond fear and frustration into hope and boundless confidence so they can love their lives no matter what. Having personally lived this journey while I was a successful trial lawyer, I know exactly how this journey can turn your world upside down. The good news is that you can tame this beast and you don't have to do it alone. I'm here to inspire you with honest talk and practical strategies to bring the confidence, joy, and even a little rock and roll swagger back to your life. Here's to finding your no matter what ladies one of the coolest things about my job is that i get to meet with amazing women all over the world and this week i'm sharing an interview that i did with a woman named daphne who is truly an inspiration for all women on the fertility journey so i hope it serves as an inspiration for you this week to love your life no matter what so enjoy
1: i am so excited to be talking to you today and as i mentioned in the introduction One of the most fantastic things that happens in my work is I am able to connect with amazing women all over the world, and when you and I first connected, I just remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is my people, this is my people, I love this woman, and I am so glad to be able to have you on the show today and really share your story with the women out there who are listening to the podcast and and to really share the amazing places that you've been on this journey and and just the all the incredible goodness that you have to share so thank you so much for joining us.
2: I feel so honored that you actually asked me to to join you. I felt the same way when we met. It was it was Amazing, uh, you know, and and I I am so delighted that we had that chance, and I'm so so <laughs> excited and honored that you've asked me to talk uh, on your radio show, and and it's a wonderful opportunity for me to share my journey and kind of what I've learned, um, and my experience. Uh, it's it's such a difficult and isolating journey, and yet uh, there's there's so much that comes out of it. Uh, And I think when you're in the middle of it, you don't get a chance to hear what other people have been through and and that experience. And and just to hear it and and get to meet women um, as I've gone on through this and, and learn more about what they've gone through has really helped me. So I'm really happy to give back and share as well.
1: Why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about your journey and really how you started down this road?
2: My journey started over 10 years ago now, uh, and we're, we're still hoping to have a family, you know, but, but very differently than when, when I started. Uh, and I have to say, when I started, it was, it was kind of really, kind of crazy when we finally decided that yes, we'd start to have a, we, we wanted to try and have a family. As soon as we, said, okay, that's it, uh, and decided to try and get pregnant. I got pregnant right away, and I thought, okay, no big deal. Everyone said it was going to be a a little bit hard. We were a little bit older. I got married when I was 34, and it was several years um, still in, so I was, you know, 38, I think, when we decided to try and start a family. You know, everything seemed really great. We had the ultrasound at three months, and the baby looked great, and the technician even said, oh, your baby's so cute. And... And then suddenly at four months, I miscarried. And uh, it was just devastating. So, you know, we took about sort of six months really to to, to grieve and, and collect it, really, you know, pulled the rug out from under us. Um, but finally one day, I remember saying to my husband, you know, I'm not getting any younger. We need to try again if we're gonna have a family. And we did and I got pregnant right away. And, uh, you know, things were seeming great and at 8 weeks I miscarried that. So so then you know you start to be a little cautious and a little bit worried. Um and we decided not to try cuz we were older my my doctor my obstetrician said, you know, let's let's do all that those tests, we often wait for three miscarriages, but you guys are a bit older, so let's not wait. Let's just do them. But my husband and I then said, well, let's wait till we get the results of that, because if this is just going to keep happening, that's just too hard. And the results came back fine. There was nothing wrong as far as he was concerned.
0: We mm-hmm. so said, well,
2: just mm-hmm. keep trying. So we started to try again, and this time it took us six months to get pregnant. Uh, and I lost that within a few days uh, of getting the positive pregnancy test. I I asked him to do a few more tests, uh some things that for some reason had gotten missed, the the um HSG and they checked to see if the tubes were open. He'd ordered it but it but it hadn't been run. Um so we did that and he said, No, nope, that's fine. And at that point he said, Well you've got uh a lot of fibroids, bulky fibroids, and that's probably why you're miscarrying. I think what you should do is I V F. Uh it'll be faster. I, and and that just crushed me. So I went to see a doctor of Chinese medicine, and she said, oh, it, I also asked him about the fibroids, and he said, there's nothing we can do. All we can do is take your uterus out, and, and uh you know, you want to have kids. So that's obviously not. <laughs> that's a great solution. Dirty.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs>
2: that's not a good option mm-hmm. for you. So, so I went to this doctor of Chinese medicine who I'd been seeing. Um, she, uh, she said, oh, she just kind of like, oh. We can treat fibroids, no, no problem. And I took some Chinese herbs and did some acupuncture and she sent me off to see a naturopath and I found a homeopath and so I took a bunch of things and changed my diet and walked a lot every day and three months after starting that we got to the IVF clinic and they did a mm-hmm. scan of the uterus and the, the nurse technician was absolutely flabbergasted when I asked her about the fibroids. And told her why and she said not only do you not have any fibroids you don't have any evidence you've ever had fibroids. We talked to the fertility doctor and he said there's nothing they ran a few more tests and said there's nothing wrong with you guys go home and get pregnant and they said well we that's what we've been doing and it's it's not been happening. So he ran a whole pile of more tests all the blood clotting tests and the Uh, I actually had to go to another province. I'm in Canada, so I had to go to another province to get uh, that Mm -hmm. one run. But I wasn't upset because it gave us more time to keep trying on our own. I wasn't really looking forward to doing the IVF. We ended up doing four rounds of IVF. I got pregnant all four times. Um, We did three rounds and then uh, took a longer stretch between our third and our fourth. And, again, I turned to some Chinese herbs that were supposed to help lower FSH and, and things. By now I was, oh, 44, 45. Um, you know, a lot of times it sort of seemed to head passed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I did everything in those years. I then became, you know, the crazy woman like like all of us um, <laughs> on fertility treatments, right? And and I don't I know, it just slowly, slowly crept up and ramped up. And I researched everything and and I did all the diets and the natural. You name the supplement, I took the supplement. I was spending hundreds of dollars a month on on supplements and. Acupuncture and yoga, and uh, I had a personal trainer at the gym, massage, and uh, Reiki and reflexology, and and if you can think of the energy therapy, I probably did it. it. It just went on and on and on, and I was exhausted.
1: Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like you're thinking to yourself you're like okay I mean because clearly you didn't have a problem getting pregnant
2: no I mean, no, not at all and you know um, so we're going to skip here it's a little bit out of order here but when I got to my fourth round of IVF uh, I asked the nurse what they were going to do to help keep me pregnant and she looked at me absolutely incredulously and said well we don't do that we just get you pregnant and I was I didn't even know what to say because when we met the doctor, I remember saying, we don't have a problem getting pregnant. What are you going to do to keep us pregnant? And he looked at me rather patronizingly and said, let's just get you pregnant. And I thought, wow. well, okay, tell me then they'll tell me what they're going to do to help keep me pregnant. But, you know, I got pregnant four times and lost all of those. So in this between the third and the fourth round where I was just exhausted and just at the end of my day I'd be like, counting out pills and planning my next day and not getting anywhere near enough sleep. I finally hit this point. I just I physically couldn't do what I was doing, and I stopped going to the gym. I stopped going to just about everything. I stopped cooking organic and all this great food. We started eating McDonald's and KFC. I just couldn't keep going, and I got pregnant,
1: right? (laughs) Oh,
2: my God. Like, this is, this is you know, I am just way too tired. And, you know, all those people I've been seeing, I saw an osteopath and oh people I never even heard of. Um, as I did my research, I tried everything. And I would say to them, I'm doing all this stuff and it, it's just, I'm so tired. I'd really like you to help me figure out, like, what I need. And what I'd hear back are things like, I think you should take more vitamin E. I think you should add rebounding to your exercise. And I think that's not what I asked you. I got as advice with more things to do. I just wanted to cry, Roseanne. I just wanted to cry. We went for our fourth round. Uh, I got pregnant again and lost it, you know, within a, a couple of weeks. I, I Not surprised at this point, you know, fully what I was expecting and uh then i said to my husband i i can't keep doing ivf like physically i, c- I cannot do this anymore uh we were 46 so ivf was sort of going to be hard to find most clinics wouldn't take me for ivf they'd take me for a donor egg or a embryo donation but not not ours and i really was hitting an end at that point mm-hmm. of that kind of trying um and yeah and
1: it's inter- it's interesting to me because I think what you know you really hit the nail right on the head talking about all of the the different things. I mean it really becomes a lifestyle. You know, you were describing all of the specialists, you know the osteopath, the Chinese medicine, the rebounding, I mean all of that. yeah I, it, it be- it's it, it really does become a lifestyle and it's so easy to get swept away.
2: Well, exactly, and that was what I did. I remember people saying, well, what do you do for fun, and me thinking there's no time for fun. I had friends and family saying you need a vacation, and I did, but I had no money or time for a vacation. And so I couldn't take a vacation, right? <laughs> I had to put it towards felt. I had to put it towards this goal that we had, and yet there was a part of me that just knew that, that it was wrong, which is why I was asking for help to simplify what I was doing. Surely I didn't need meditation and visualization and relaxation and deep breathing and yoga and qigong and, you know, <laughs> surely. <laughs> and and reiki and abdominal massage and reflexology and body tapping. And it, surely one doesn't require all of that to get pregnant.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so funny because and I I so identify and I'm sure that, you know, the women listening are going to so identify with this because I mean, when when I was going through it, I became maniacal. I mean, absolutely yeah. maniacal. Like, if there was even a shred of evidence that an additional treatment could increase my chances by one sixteenth of a percent, I would take <laughs> it on. Like, it, it, it really became like, you'd think I was training for something. I mean, it was, you know, it was like constant, was. you know. And like, I remember being told by A practitioner that I had brought on that I shouldn't be seated for more than four hours at a time, and I'm like, okay. And I just remember thinking, like, my husband had brought up the idea of a road trip, and I'm all, road trip? Are you mad? You know, that's gonna be, that's gonna cost us all of our hopes and dreams for a family if I'm seated for longer than four hours. You know, so it just totally, like, it really became crazy. Crazy. Absolutely
2: crazy. You will really become this totally crazy person that everything is about how do I, in, and, and it's become really clear to me that at some point, I mean absolutely healthy living is good for us and no questions, but at some point when the quest to be perfectly healthy starts to create, you know, stress, The stress is undoing the good things you are doing. I remember going to meditation and falling asleep at the meditation sitting. I was so tired. And i thinking, (laughs) you know, in hindsight, what I needed was to be going to bed, not going to meditate. Right.
1: As, you know, kind of type A, really achieving-oriented women, you know, we really want to do – we want to be perfect at conceiving. We want a perfection (laughs) In our, in our conception and like we'll do just about anything and I think it's really easy to fall into that notion.
2: Absolutely, and my relationship with my husband took such a hit. I mean, we've got a strong, wonderful relationship, but, man, you almost became like roommates that went off to the clinic to make me pregnant, right? Like, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. lost that connection, why you got married and why you're together, what makes fun. I didn't even know what what I enjoyed doing at this point anymore because it had been – you know, eight, nine years since we've done anything fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting because it's, you know, it really can throw your world upside down in, in ways that you hadn't quite anticipated. And I think relationships, I mean, that's one of the things that I think suffers a lot. And sadly, in silence, because we all know that something's happening in our relationship when we're going through this but we're so buried under the weight of all of the things like you described that it's so easy for us to I mean to just kind of treat it as an afterthought right you know and I
2: I can look back and I knew even then too that my husband supported me in his own quiet way that men do but you knew that there was a loss there too and a sadness there. You were so afraid of losing the dream of having children that you were forgetting you were losing the dream of, of having a wonderful relationship with your partner.
1: And, yes. Oh, so, amen.
2: <laughs> I had some of what should have been, not that, that we don't have great years ahead of us, but, you know, really great years for us. We're late 30s, early 40s. We've both gotten into jobs that were stable in. We now have a little more money than we did right out of school. We didn't meet right out of school. We met a little bit later. But, you know, those should have been some really amazing years to be, mm-hmm. you know, they free and travel and things, and we spent it all trying to have children.
1: What do you think is one of the biggest lessons that you took away from well, that experience? So,
2: um, yeah, as we, we talked before, as you know, um, while I was doing the, the Femera, we were three months in, unfortunately, um, I found a breast lump, and... I was certain that with the fibroids and, uh oh, I was told I had polycystic ovarian syndrome and I'd had a Kepler cyst that, you know, came, went, um, that, that this was just a breast cyst because of all the fertility drugs that I took. I really wasn't concerned at all, Uh but I thought, well, only a fool doesn't go and get a breast lump uh looked at, and unfortunately, it was breast cancer, you know funny funny kind of reaction on my part. Uh most people would be really frightened by by that. What frightened me the most was where in the world was I going to find the energy to keep going to doctors? I'm just not gonna bother going. And I thought, No, no, no. You can't not go. You you have to go and I thought, How? How am I going to keep showing up to appointments? And I just wanted to cry. Not because I had breast cancer, but because then I had to keep driving to appointments and I was so tired that the thought of having to do that, I didn't know where I'd find the strength. Like, I was way past exhaustion. Cancer didn't even scare me. Making it to the appointments wrecked me. No one's lucky to get cancer, but, you know, when you do, um, if you can come out the other side really good, and in my case, uh, it hadn't spread. They took it out. And it was during this time of learning to look after myself with the breast cancer that I finally found a life coach. And oh my mm. gosh, Suzanne, I so wish I had found someone who did that earlier. I had the opportunity to ask those questions. Of what what was important to me, and this is when I had a chance to to start to explore my inner self and and say what is important to me, what do I like, what makes me happy, and uh, and practice beginning to live that. And and you don't have to have cancer to do that. <laughs> People yeah, I do tend that. to to wait until they hit a real rock bottom before they do. And I think that's a really sad thing. I remember trying thinking, oh, I'll rest when I'm dead. You know that thing that we, we <laughs>
1: say, right? Mm-hmm. It does, I'll
2: sleep when I'm dead. Frankly, I, I wish I found that life coach before who, who would have helped me not add vitamin E and rebound.
1: <laughs> that statement is both, Uplifting, but it's also really heartbreaking. How, how you know where you were at that point? That you know, you, just as you said, you know, I'm not afraid of cancer. You know, I'm, I'm really kind of worried about how I'm going to get to my appointment. I almost didn't have
2: energy to be afraid, right? And that yeah. really speaks to how hard I had pushed myself. And in fact, even even after the diagnosis, but before surgery, I said to my husband. I don't care. I still want to try this month, you know, and, and if I get pregnant, they'll just have to figure out another way to treat this.
1: I mean, I so appreciate you sharing that because there's so many of us who have been on this journey, and it's just we get to the point where nothing else seems to matter. Right. And it really, you know, there's we leave our relationships, our health, our sanity, our careers, our friends. Everybody is in the, is left in the wake of yeah. this. Fertility journey freight train that tends to drive right through our lives and, <laughs> and till we get in front of that, which is, you know, what you were beginning to share with, you know, bringing yeah. a, a coach on board, you know, we're really at risk for, for losing the things that really matter to us most. And, and I think your example is so profound because by being so focused on on the journey you had run yourself to exhaustion such that you know cancer getting you know getting to your treatment appointments was you know certainly not a hundred percent in question but that you were struggling to have the energy to do that
2: well yeah you know and and there were little moments of this like this little voice that said maybe just don't go right and you're thinking where is that voice coming from telling me to to not go to the cancer treat? of course i have to go but there's a little voice thinking, no, just go to bed, ignore them, maybe it will go away. And you're thinking, wow, I am way too tired if if I'm beginning to listen to this. Oh, and and so we get into this because we're so focused. We just assume we could pick it up wherever we left off. And we can't, and, and we shouldn't because, you know, if you think about it, obviously I spend a lot of time thinking about this, there are many many women having babies who are not perfectly healthy. Right? Like like oh, this. Yeah. Higher. Mm-hmm. That level of perfection of health. The stress was was way outweighing the organic pineapple. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yes, we have Anymore. all eaten some pineapple cores. Yes. <laughs> What was it that got you to reach out for help? Because so many of us on this journey really think, okay, I can totally do this myself. I don't need to hear, you know, I, I can read whatever book I want to read. I've got this. Like, What was it that, that caused you to reach out, first
0: of all?
2: yeah i had I had read everything there there was to read. I'm fairly certain there isn't any information out there that that I hadn't researched. I'm really good at that and and um found out about and I found that I had so much stuff um that it wasn't possible for me to do it all and I wasn't in a place to be able to um discern which one um was best for me, um, not not necessarily in a medical sense, but, but what I wanted to do anymore, what was right for me, or how to balance that. It was just fear, fear driving me, so take everything, do everything. And, and I had reached a point, even before the cancer, where I really was looking for someone to help me sort through this vast array of resources that I had. Uh, And so that's why I had been going, I thought, well, maybe my naturopath, my homeopath, and and I wasn't getting the help I wanted, I just was getting more to do. I I needed someone to help me figure out how to simplify my life. And Mm -hmm. that turned into one of the best things that I could ever do. And with that um, came this incredible relaxation, this, this not relaxing technique but this ease and calm inside mm-hmm. my body that I could look out mm-hmm. from and see, oh, and I could let things go, and I can let the stress of the fertility journey. So I still would love to have children. I know I'm older yet. I'm now 49 years old. and uh, But I still cycle regularly and would love that, you know, happy accident, if you will, almost at this point. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but I don't feel the stress, not because I've accepted that we won't have kids. I can accept that we might not have kids. It um, mm-hmm. doesn't mean we don't eat healthy. It doesn't mean I don't exercise. Um, I kind of do all those things, but there's this ease and space in between everything I do. And and I can get stressed by the stuff that I'm doing, but the moment I can step back and say, oh, wait. Is this in aligned with what you love? And, and, oh, all the stress of the doing goes away because it's not in my head. It,
1: it, it's. Right. um,
2: And Kevin, I laugh. I laugh like I haven't laughed in years, Roseanne. I used to, I used to, you know, (laughs) you have the best laugh, the best laugh. And, and I couldn't even remember what my laugh sounded like.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and what was it like? to show yourself the respect of getting the help. Because so many of us, you know, as we said, you know, you can read books, you can, you know, you can tell yourself, oh, I can do this on my own. But yeah. I think there's something that happens when you reach out to get that help. I mean, what was that like?
2: You know, I was really kind of nervous at first in a way, and I was actually a little bit embarrassed because it was a weird Thing to you know someone who I can read it all I can do it all myself and you kind of think oh am I wasting money because you know I could just read a book but it is was worth every penny that I put into it it is one of the best things because I take it with me I take learnings with me that I can use you take it with you it's one of the longest lasting uh, connections stuff that you take home that I have done. Uh, in all of this, and I've done everything, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and isn't it interesting, because I think so much of what we get caught up in when we're on the journey is so pregnancy-oriented. Like, we're, if it doesn't directly yield a pregnancy, we begin to question if it's worth spending the time or the money. But the reality is, and you're a perfect example of it, is that... If you don't attend to yourself, yeah and really get that sorted out, you cannot possibly make things right on the journey because no. you
2: know and and I, older as I am, um, I feel more. Like, I could get pregnant and successfully carry a pregnancy than I have probably past, felt in the past seven years. I was so tight and so wound up. Uh, I can't imagine how a pregnancy could have successfully survived within me. And I feel, oh, so open and relaxed and welcoming. That, you know, that this body really could say, okay, we can let that stress go. Now we could focus on on growing a baby. You know, it, it might not happen, but I really feel if I get pregnant now, it is far more likely to happen now than, than in the past seven years. I in some ways can't imagine with all that stress how you would ever be prepared to look after that baby
1: that's a very i think that's a very powerful um observation because it's so easy for us to get swept away in the idea that okay i am you know i'm nothing if i can't make this happen and and the reality is, is that if things aren't right with you if things aren't right at home and you aren't taking care of the very foundation upon which you want to build that family When and if your baby ever comes, what's left may be in tatters. Yeah. There, you know, as professional women, it's so easy to get caught up in this idea that, you know, what the heck is wrong with me? I, You know, the harder I work, the more I achieve in my, you know, in my personal life, in my professional life, why isn't that working for me here (laughs) when it comes to having a baby? And that's one of the most frustrating (laughs) things in the world.
2: Exactly. Right? We we make ourselves, because I didn't have a child, I'm not worthy of, of something. And and there was a lot of that, why do I feel not worthy? Like, I, I am worthy. Just by being here, I am worthy.
1: Mm-hmm, and
2: mm-hmm. that was one of the best things of working with a, a life coach. Uh, I got my laugh back. I got my smile back. I got some relaxation, stress reduction. that just happens. By, by loving myself, by saying, no, this is okay to be me. I still would love to have children, but I'm okay. I am, I am a whole person as is without children. I'm not only a whole person as the mother of somebody.
1: And so what would you say to someone out there who is just struggling and, and is, is really caught up In the roller coaster they're a passenger as opposed to the one at the controls and they're just you know they really think that there's no other way of being and that nobody could possibly help them what would you say
2: take some time to do the things that make you happy really bring joy you will find that self-love and and you know it makes everything bearable everything is bearable when you find that Um, it doesn't mean stop trying you can be trying and doing all the same things but let go of that single focus and and focus on uh, what brings you joy in your life
1: I remember going through it and just sitting at my desk just wishing there was someone out there I wanted so badly for there to be somebody out there that could help me through it. Yeah, you know, I didn't really want to reflect on the past. What I really wanted Ooh. to deal with was the present and the future. Like what do I really want here? How do I re engage back right. in my life and 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 get back to that confident, swaggery, strong woman that I that I was. I mean not not the self clothing right. Yeah, Most, not the, not the self-loathing, miserable human being that I had become.
2: Yeah, lost her along the way, you know. And and I think one of the best things was was um, the gift that was that I gave to my husband by finding my joy again. He lost the woman he married. I was not the woman he married anymore, right? You know, bringing the joy back to me and the self-love back to me brought the laughter back to the home. And my husband is so much happier and lighter and fun to be around and, you know, wants me more. <laughs>
1: hmm hmm And it's so true. I mean, I think what, what you said was really – it really hits home is that you got your joy back. The the work that you did yeah. – well, it's – the work is twofold, the work started with your decision to get the help, to to reach out, and and to quit tormenting yourself, trying to do it on your own. And then the second thing was was taking the action that that you were working on with your coach to get your joy back, to figure out, um, you know, my name is Daphne. What do I like again? You know, like what is it that I'm. What is it that I want to be, you know, engaged in in my life? And how profound the ripple effect can be when you do that work.
2: It's, that it's enormously no- profound. It's amazing how it touches areas you would never think it would. And, you know, I haven't changed my career, job, whatever you want to call it, um, to to be happy. And, in fact, you know, I'm a, I'm a biologist. I have a master's degree in biology. I work for a ministry of environment. and Passionate about the environment and and in finding this passion and joy and being able to align that with what I do and seeing how what parts of what I do align with what make me the real me, the things I care about and I'm passionate about
1: um, mhm mhm, and what would you say to um to someone who thought that this work is kind of fluff?
2: Oh yeah, you know, and I kind of would have been there too that that this is oh, it's extra it's on the side. It's not the focus of of getting me pregnant. I'll look at that after I'm I'm pregnant or have my baby. And and it is so much more fundamental than that. It really has to be the first thing that you do. If I could persuade anyone to put aside everything else and do this work first, Make this work a priority; everything else will fall into place. It's like it's an inner wisdom, it's a voice, and and we know we know what's right for us. And and in fact, if you can listen to this voice, you'll also know which fertility treatments or path you want to follow. You know, listen to that inner voice, and and this is the thing that gives you the ability to make decisions that are right for you, to know which tools to to choose for yourself, which speak to you, which treatments do or don't speak to you, um, when you come to the end of the journey. You know, and, and some women have to do that and decide this will help you make those decisions in peace and in comfort and in confidence. So if I can persuade even one person to think, ah, uh, I'll I'll take a pause. And you don't even have to stop the things you're doing, but, you know, I will make this a priority to, to do this work with a coach and, and get to know myself.
1: I could have avoided so many <laughs> turds that I <I've> stepped in <laughs> had I been more confident in myself. And, you know, the crazy thing about this, Daphne, is, I mean this journey will, will punch you right squarely between the eyes and cause yeah. even the most confident among us to question just about everything.
2: Boy, I could have had fun for, for 10 years while trying to get pregnant instead of only right. two or three, and then it wasn't right. fun anymore. Right? Like, like, you can have that love and fun in your life at the same time.
1: It's a perspective that's hard to find on your own own it's it's very difficult to do that because even we're smart women you know we're smart women and and how long did we struggle for years And, and so it's it's if you can get somebody that can help you through it and reduce the amount of time that you're in dante's hell level number five you know it's 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 very like i just remember thinking I know I have it within me to do something about this. I just don't know how. Right. right. And and, and the how is, yeah, Yeah. that's where you get the help is with the how. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. It's very hard to do on your own. Um, That self-reflection, almost impossible to do by yourself without someone.
1: And so how is the Daphne of today different than the Daphne that started on this journey all those years ago?
2: yeah so much well so much more confident so much more comfortable in my skin um i i don't get as embarrassed i can make mistakes and laugh at myself again but but so much more calmer loving um you know not always angry or stressed or it is just such a wonderful place to be i mean it it is the best place to be honestly to to once again have that um confidence and calmness and ability to love myself and others she is so different than particularly the Daphne in the middle of the journey you know and more confident than probably I've ever been in my life because with age comes confidence but then with also this knowing yourself comes confidence and both of those things are now realities for me Right? it's You feel when you're not driving this journey that somehow something will end if you don't get pregnant. You just don't know how you will go on. Um, well, I've gone on for 10 years now without having a child. Clearly, I'm not going to stop going on <laughs> if it doesn't happen ever. Um, and And I've had some time to figure out what kinds of things will make me happy that – that I will fill my life with if we don't have children. If we have children, things will change significantly still around here. You know, there's lots of people who have very fulfilling lives without children, and, and no one trying to have children wants to hear that. But if you really can find this compassion and love for yourself, uh, then you go, ah, oh, I still want children. I'm not gonna change what I'm doing, that, that I'm going to try and have children. But the world won't end.
1: I think what you're highlighting is a very important point that there is a distinction to be made between letting go and giving up. Because I do not hear a giving up, Daphne. Here, I hear right. a Daphne that has made the conscious decision to love her life no matter what. It you know, child or no child, my life is going to be wonderful. Right. Yeah, so I have I've not given up
2: trying <laughs> to have children, but I've also not mm-hmm. given up on life and, and the joys that life can bring. But i let go of that gripping onto it's going to happen the way I decide it's going to happen. And then at the same time can embrace that there are other things in life, um, to mm-hmm. be joyful about and embrace and, you know, love and participate in their other aspects. And so mm-hmm. it's a much more fulfilling life, even without kids. it's more fulfilling than the journey without kids.
1: It's so funny because whenever i whenever I'm talking to women women about this, initially there' you know i get I'll get a look like I've got two heads um or that I'm speaking a completely different language, but the reality is in some ways I am. It's a yeah. language of it's a language of hope. It's a language yes. of confidence, and it's really a language of of fulfillment. That, yes. that there that there will be joy. There will be, and it, and it ultimately comes down to a decision. And it's a decision that you have made. It's a decision that I have made, and it's it's a decision that so many women who are brave enough to make, you know, to to really live in this process that that you can do both. You can live a wonderful life and still be on the journey and yes. and not have it take over your life. Not have it become your life. It's a chapter in the life, but it is not the entire story.
2: Absolutely. And I love that that it's a decision because that again puts you back in control. And you're right, it is absolutely a decision to to be in control of the journey, but You know, to love life, to love yourself, to put yourself first, and, and make the fertility journey just a part of the story, not the whole story. Mm -hmm.
1: So Daphne, thank you so much. Thank you. You're such evidence that, that there is life on the other side of this journey, no matter where, no matter where you are and wherever it's headed, that it, there really is an amazing life regardless and no matter what.
2: It, thank you. And, and you're right. There is a life. And, and I think that's one of the, the joys out of having done the work with the coach is that you realize that there is life regardless of what the, uh, outcome is. It doesn't change your dreams, but it takes the stress away. So this has really been wonderful talking to you and, and being able to share this journey and this, you know, place that I've come to, uh, with others. Uh, And I, I just so hope that others are able to take a little bit of something, anything, a little bit of something away from this.